0: Hi church, my name is Justin. Welcome to this week's edition of Church Everywhere. Wherever you're tuning in, I'm so glad you can join us today. Hey church, last week we had such a fantastic response to Church Everywhere Live, and right now you can actually join our live watching party hosted by our Vine team. Next week, we are very excited to be joining churches across the city in a combined service. And after that, we will be back on Sunday, May 10th for another live edition of Church Everywhere. So before we start our announcements, before worship, before Andrew comes to share his heart and a message, I have a few housekeeping announcements for all of us. Church, as always, this Sunday, we will have our online prayer room. Our pastoral team will be ready to pray with you on Zoom at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. today. To join these sessions, you can scan the QR codes on your screen. K4C will meet this morning at 11 a.m. on Zoom. Parents will have already received information through email on how to join. As a church, we want to encourage you to be checking in with our social media platforms first week of May for our latest update on when we intend to open Sunday services again. And now here's Carla with a special announcement for us.
1: Hey Church, the spread of COVID-19 and the impact that it's having on the world as we face a pandemic is no doubt affecting us all in many different ways. We have family, we have friends, we have colleagues, we have brothers and sisters in Christ that are deeply impacted by what is going on. We wanna take the opportunity as the Vine Church family to pray. So as you're watching here, if you're on your own, if you're with your family, if you're with a group of friends, may I encourage you to join me as we pray for our world. Church, let's pray. Father in heaven, there is fear and anxiety globally right now as we find ourselves in a pandemic storm. But we believe in the power of prayer. We acknowledge your sovereignty, divine grace, and love for all humanity. We bring to you the sick. We pray for your comforting presence to be with them in their time of need and ask you to draw close to them in their pain and suffering. We pray healing by the power of your spirit and in the name of Jesus. May their bodies grow stronger as they fight off this virus and recover quickly. We think of those that have died. We mourn the loss of life and ask for you to bring comfort to those devastated by the death of loved ones. We bring to you the hurting, those that are poor and vulnerable, those that have lost jobs or afraid they will lose jobs, those that are mentally, emotionally and spiritually weary. We pray that we would know hope in Jesus and courage to trust in the faithfulness of you, God, who knows our every need we bring to you the health workers and those on the front line we pray your protection over them and ask that you would renew and refresh them as they continue to press on we pray for the ongoing provision of necessary resources to ensure their safety we pray for the medical minds working on a vaccine and pray for a breakthrough to eradicate this virus we bring to you the world leaders the World Health Organization and those in authority. We pray your wisdom, your discernment, your guiding hand upon the decisions that are made. May there be unity and solidarity as they work together for the good of their nations and the world. We bring to you the global church, your bride. We pray we would be the hands and feet of Jesus to those around us. We pray we would show love and hope to our families our neighbor and the stranger. We pray we would continue to humbly seek your face and not give up praying, believing in the power of you, our merciful God. Father, we thank you for hearing our prayers. You are a God in the midst of the storm, but you are also a God that calms the storm. And we think of Hong Kong now, the significant reduction in cases, We thank you. Father, we pray your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. And we continue to hope and trust in you. In Jesus name. Amen.
0: And now in our families, communities and the wider church that you may not see right now. Let us join in unison as we worship our Lord together with our worship team. And as we worship, I pray that you will allow God to reveal himself to you in the ways that he always does, and know that he is with us. Amen.
2: And Jesus died
0: Church, even though it's been super difficult, the fact that we haven't been able to meet physically, I am just still so grateful each time we get to worship that we can still do so in spirit and in truth and together. And so if it's all right, I would like to lead us in a short prayer together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for meeting us today, yesterday, and the days to come. And we ask that this week as we go forward, Lord, we would be able to continue to know and have your presence wherever we are, whatever we do. In your name we pray, amen, amen. Church, as always, I want to thank you for your continued generosity and faithfulness in your giving and tithing to the work of what God is doing, not just through the vine, but through all the communities and partnerships that we have. And I want to just take this time to remind you of all the ways that you can give you can donate through the QR codes that you see on your screen. You can transfer to us electronically, or you can do it the old way of mailing in a check to us. But for more details, you can check out VineChurch.life/giving. And right now, let us open up our hearts to the special message that Pastor Andrew has prepared for us on the significance of removing our grave clothes in this time.
3: A few years ago my wife and I dropped our daughter Mia off in school and because it was our day off we went for a walk and uh, we came down Stubbs Road and randomly came across this iron gate and there was this stone path that twisted off into the background with some beautiful grass and intrigued we decided to enter in and explore and we found ourselves in St. Michael's Catholic Cemetery. And immediately we were struck by two things. First of all, how peaceful and calm it was, particularly how it was sandwiched between two very busy districts of Happy Valley and the Stubbs Road area. But we were also struck by its beauty. And so we were drawn in and we spent about an hour discovering all of the different people that were buried there. Uh, We read all these uh, beautiful words on the tombstones about love and about people's history and background. And we actually even Googled a few people and we found the stories of men and women that were a part of building the fabric of Hong Kong society. People who had lived in generations past that had a story to tell for the generations that were present. And throughout all of that, we found ourselves talking a lot about the kind of legacy that we ourselves wanted to leave. And we realized that, Cemeteries are actually like a a human museum, little artifacts of stories that need to still be told even in present generations. And as we left, we we found ourselves uh, in a place of being inspired, inspired about how we now want to live and the kind of legacy that we wanna pass on to the future generations of our city. And we reflected deeply on something that we never thought we would find in a cemetery. You see, a place of death had actually become for us a place of renewed life. Death becoming life is what we've all been celebrating in our Easter season over the last few weeks together. But I think it's also something we've been sitting in with this COVID-19 time. You know, all of us have been shocked by the death that this virus has brought. And it's right for us as humanity right now to sit in grief with our broken brothers and sisters around the world who are struggling to come to terms with lost loved ones. But in the midst of all of that death, we've also seen those beautiful moments of life, haven't we? Where the human spirit has risen up, uh, stories that have brought joy to us, like a 99 year old man who's walked around his garden in the UK to raise 25 million pounds for the healthcare service. or or people singing on their balconies in Italy or even here in Hong Kong as we we clapped and applauded uh, those of the healthcare services in our city. Moments of human life that speak to some hope in the midst of all the death. And our scriptures speak often about this juxtaposition between death and life. And and just like Chris and I's experience here in this cemetery, the Bible is very clear that actually even in the worst moments of death, God can bring life. And that was what Jesus was all about. Jesus spoke about the beauty of life amongst death uh, long before he actually went to the cross to become death for us. His whole teaching ministry around the kingdom of God was the idea that God is able to break into brokenness and change and transform it like a little seed planted in soil that can grow to become the largest of all plants in the garden. And then Jesus didn't just teach that he can bring life over death. He actually demonstrated it. It's important for us to know that Jesus has power over death. He has power to bring life and we, we see it in the scriptures, those moments of miracles that we celebrate. Like when he's in the city of Nain and there's a grieving widow and she's grieving the loss of her only son. And Jesus comes and places his hand on the coffin and he tells the child to, to stand up. Or that moment with Jairus' daughter where, where Jesus comes into her room and places his hand on her hand and he says, arise my child. But I think the story and the miracle that I celebrate the most when I think about life over death in Christ I, is the story of Lazarus and Jesus bringing Lazarus back to life. And I love that story the most because it's so personal. You know, this is, this is a friend of Jesus's, somebody that Jesus loved dearly. And, and in the story we see uh, the moments of great humanity and the moments of great divinity. Those beautiful human moments in those stories, you know, Jesus cries, he weeps human tears at the brokenness of feeling that grief for the loss of a really good friend, which encourages us all that we have a God who grieves when we lose our loved ones. But also those moments of divinity, the moment where where Jesus stands before that tomb and they roll that stone away in a loud voice. He says, Lazarus, I command you, come out from death. And as Lazarus emerges, the crowds are astonished because they've seen with their own eyes a God who is able to bring life in the midst of the worst moments. And in this story that we have of Lazarus coming to new life, we see something that I think is incredibly important for us in the midst of our current death and life season. I want to tell you a little bit more about that today. I want to pick up the story actually right at that moment where Jesus exhibits his power over death. and The reason why I want to do so is because I think in that part of the story, it contains something that is so critical for us as we're emerging out of our COVID-19 season. Um, It's found in John chapter 11, starting in verse 38. Let me read this to us. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor for he's been in there for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Then he said this. Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. It's an amazing story, isn't it? You know, Jesus approaches this tomb. He's had this emotional moment where he's been weeping. He, he asks him to remove the stone and then in that loud voice, he says, come out, Lazarus, come out. And, and Lazarus comes out and to the astonishment and the amazement of the crowd around him and There's an element in this story though that I think uh, we often kind of overlook but it's actually quite fascinating. Lazarus comes out still wearing his grave clothes. And I always thought that was a bit of a funny part of this story. I mean, you know, Jesus has just done the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. So the fact that he could have emerged wearing like a nice clean robe that looked pretty good was not much more of a miracle than what he had just performed. It almost feels like Jesus kind of does this like half miracle. And and Lazarus has to come out with the embarrassment and the shame of still wearing, carrying, if you will, both the smell and the clothes of death. And the question is, why does Jesus do it that way? Well, I I think the answer is the critical thing for us. And it's found in verse 44. Let me just read this to us again. Jesus turned to them, the disciples, and he says, Take off their grave clothes and let them go. I think Jesus is doing a profound thing in this moment. He's actually wanting to invite the disciples into the miracle themselves. He wants to involve them in the process of people going from death to life. And yes, Jesus has done the main miracle of bringing Lazarus back to life, but he emerges wearing and carrying the smell and the clothes of death. And Jesus invites the church to come forward and play their part, to unwrap those strips of linen from his feet and from his hands, to take off that linen from his face, to, in other words, remove the death from him so Lazarus could truly leave death behind. And I think this is the most critical thing that Jesus is about to call us, the church, into in this COVID-19 season. You see, I, I want to say something that I think is prophetic, both for the Vine Church, but also for the, for the wider global church at this time. You see, I think in, in just a short little while, this world is going to emerge from its tomb of this virus. And it's going to emerge a little bit like Lazarus, still wrapped up in its grave clothes. The grave clothes of the trauma of the experience that this world has just been through. The grave clothes of lost jobs, lost loved ones, The grave clothes of just the, the fear and the anxiety and trying to work that out in our lives, the the grave clothes of a ruined economy and and wondering about an uncertainty for the future, whether the virus will come back or not, the the grave clothes of, of the uncertainty of what might be ahead for us. And I think this is our hour as the church. This is our opportunity to come forward and actually do as Jesus commands the disciples in that moment, to partake in the miracle of seeing this world come back to life by unwrapping the grave clothes from humanity. What a gift this is. And I wonder whether we as a church could hear Jesus' voice right now saying, come on my church, this is your hour. This is your chance to step forward to the broken, emerging humanity in this world and unwrap their grave clothes so they can leave death behind. And that should incredibly excite us. I believe now is the time that we are to prepare ourselves for this future. You see, Jesus is the one who brings the dead back to life. We as the church get the great privilege of helping them to leave their death behind. That's our calling. And we're to emerge now towards this broken world as it comes out of this virus season. And we are to to let them know that they are no longer to be dressed in the garments of death, but instead be clothed in the blood of Jesus, to be clothed in his love and in his joy and in his grace race. Jesus has been preparing us for this. This is what his teaching ministry was all about. His very first sermon in, the, in his town of Nazareth, he, he pulled from Isaiah 61 and he says, you know, this is why I've come. I've come to loose the chains of injustice. I've come to uh, help the blind to receive sight. I've come to, to set the oppressed free, to release the prisoners uh, from jail. This is what it's always been about. It's always been about moving from death to life, embracing a new identity. And in this moment, with have And now, I believe, our moment, as we step towards our broken world, we get to do so by proclaiming now a new identity for everyone. See, this is the key. We are not to wear the garments of sin and death any longer. We are a resurrection community, and we are dressed in the forgiveness and the healing of Christ. So this is our time, not just to step forward and help to unravel those grave clothes of of our anxiety or our stress or our trauma from the experience we've been in, But I think it's also our opportunity to begin to proclaim this new identity, to begin to show the world a new way to live, to actually begin to model as a Christian community in all of our local churches around the world, that there is indeed a different narrative, that it's not just about leaving death behind, but it's also about embracing life. This is why Jesus says, I've not come to kill or destroy. I've come to give life and life abundant. And so as we unravel the grave clothes, it's also about proclaiming a new way to live. And this is our great hour to begin to bring that narrative into the world. So the question for us that we need to sit with is this. How do we best prepare ourselves now to remove the grave clothes of others? Well, let me offer a few quick thoughts. First of all, we must be honest about our own grave clothes. The reality is each one of us has grave clothes on us. Each one of us has uh, things of hurt and brokenness in our past. And, you know, it's really difficult to serve others when our hands and our feet are still tied And so this is an opportunity, whilst we're still dealing with the issues of quarantine and lockdown around the world, to actually double down and invest in allowing the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us about the areas of our lives that He still wants to unravel, the things that He wants to heal us from. And here's the powerful thing about that. The reality is is that the grave clothes that you have had to remove for yourself are always going to be the grave clothes that you're going to be best to remove from others. What Christ has done in you, the healing that He's done inside of you, is always going to be the best thing that you're going to be able to offer to the broken world around you. And so take this time, take this unique opportunity to be honest about the grave clothes still around you and bring them in confession and repentance before the Lord, asking for His healing so you will be fully set free. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. I think now we must mature ourselves in the discipline of our faith. You know, sometimes when we're plugged into a local church, it's actually easy to become kind of lazy in our faith. It's easy to allow that church to be the thing that carries us forward in faith. And we kind of roll into Sundays, exhausted from the week behind us, needing that spiritual fix from the pastor or the worship team. But I think that this is an opportunity that we have right now to take that personal responsibility for ourselves, to strengthen our hands for the battle that is ahead, to actually deepen our own personal work, to take responsibility for ourselves, for our faith, and, and and to invest ourselves in those spiritual disciplines of reading scripture, of praying with the Lord, of actually hearing his voice for ourselves. And I think a matured individual Christian at this point will move back and create a maturer church in the future. And that's what we're going to need. So it's now time for us to mature with the discipline of our faith. Here's the third thing. We must invest in community. One of the things that I love about this moment with Jesus and Lazarus is that Lazarus turns to the disciples and he invites them together to come forward to remove the grave clothes. And I think that is our invitation to community. We're not to do this alone. This is not some great personal responsibility that gets placed on us to have to try to remove the grave clothes from all of our friends. No, actually, I think Christ is inviting us into a communal moment. He's inviting us to be the body of Christ together, that we as one body move forward to this world, supporting one another, praying for one another, sharing the ways in which we can bring uh, the hope of the gospel to the brokenness of our people. And we get to do that in community so that we don't feel isolated, we don't feel alone. And the enemy is going to want you to feel like you got to carry all this burden on yourself and that's not of Christ. Instead the local church rises up together, partners together to see the gospel come alive. So we are to double down on our commitment to one another in community. And here's the fourth and final thing. We are to look for the living amongst the living. There's a moment in Jesus's resurrection that I think is key. The women walk into his tomb thinking that his body is lying there and they want to anoint his body with oil, but they don't see his body. Instead, what they see are the grave clothes left behind. And there's a couple of angels in there and they say this. They say, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And what they're basically saying is that Jesus is now alive and he's living amongst us. And so as we think about stepping into this season of removing the grave clothes from a broken world, I think one of the key things is to look for the living amongst the living. Look for what Jesus is already doing amongst the hurting people who are emerging. See Jesus is already with them. He's already wanting to to draw them into new life. He's wanting to unwrap their grave clothes through us. And so our job is to discern his activity. Is to see what he is doing amongst our friends, amongst our family, amongst the community around him, and join him in his effort. If this is about us, we'll get burnt out really quickly but if we can discern what the holy spirit is doing already amongst the people of this world we'll be able to lean into him and join him in the liberation and deliverance of people so let's invest ourselves in in that skill of discerning the holy spirit so we can find what jesus is doing as the people emerge from their tombs the world has changed and yet god is not surprised by any of this Jesus is standing outside the tomb waiting for the world to emerge and it will do so soon. And the question for us is, are we willing to be the church to the Lazarus of the world at that time? The answer is simply Jesus. And the more that we can deepen our relationship with Him right now, the more the hope of Christ will overflow in us. And it is that hope
0: that will truly bring life. Church, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Church Everywhere remember to check in with us on our various social media platforms and throughout the week if you would like to connect with someone from our pastoral team or just have someone pray with you you can message us at vinechurch.life/care and so that's it from me i'm justin it's been lovely being with you stay safe stay strong and be together i'll see you next time